Welcome to Inside Out with George and Chip. So George, what is on the menu today? Funny menu, because we're in the wheelhouse. I don't know, man. It's our third episode, covered quite a bit. We had a conversation the other day in the grill house that I thought might be interesting. Uh, and I had asked you, were miracles solely a Christian thing? And were they the thing that sets Christianity aside from other religions? Do you remember that? I, Yes, I do. But my recollection of the conversation was that, hey, is Jesus the only deity that rose from the dead? Right, right, right. That was a big part of it, too. And that's really kind of a, a crux um, of, of Christianity. And I said, uh, yeah, that Jesus is the only um, God that existed as all 100% God, 100% man that rose from the dead to pay the price for our sins. And I said that my faith is based on that fact, but that's really the core the core element of Christianity. That if that didn't exist, then the rest of it wouldn't? Yeah, if that didn't happen, then, you know, that's the core of Christianity, the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. Did you see that thing I sent you? Yes. About the deities that have rose from the dead? Yeah, why don't you explain that a little bit, and then we could talk about that, which I think would be... Are you be... cool with talking about that? Oh, of course. Okay, okay. Look, here's the deal. <clears throat> Christianity is not going to collapse because somebody asks questions. <laughs> It's not going to collapse if somebody Fair asks enough. if somebody asks questions. When I was a new Christian, <laughs> I you know people would ask me questions all the time. Well, why do you believe this? Or did Jesus really rise from the dead? Or did he do the miracles? And it caused me to go and look it up and research it and find the answers to this. And I think that's a great thing. And so you know, really, what my hope is is that as a new Christian yourself, which is great news, <laughs> which is great news. I had the joy of praying with George to let's, let's, uh, accept keep the forgiveness of Christ. So in that case, you're saying that it's a good thing that people will look? I think it's a great thing. I think everybody has to do that. I think, um, you know, non-believers, new believers have to, um, scrutinize their faith, have to research it, have to dig in, read what the Bible actually says. So many people um, get turned off towards Christianity uh, because of what they've heard or because of a tradition or something that they've heard about Jesus. And rather than actually reading about Jesus and seeing what he actually said, they will just dismiss it. They'll dismiss Christianity without really looking at the evidence, without really looking at what Jesus said or or who who he was and i think that's one of the coolest things you know people can talk about a friend hey this guy's this this guy's that and i can hear a lot of stuff about somebody but until i actually meet him myself and make my own determination um, and that's really the only way we can and so that's what i encourage new christians to do is to meet jesus themselves and to ask the hard questions and to get to know him see what he really said and evaluate it for yourself. I think, and even Christians that have been Christians for years do that. They, uh, I do that. I read the Bible every day, and I want to make sure, what did Jesus really say about this? You know, there's, there's so many um, apocryphal concepts about Christianity and Jesus that it's fun to kind of go through and throw Apo out what... Apocryphal, meaning the end of the world, apocalypse? That would be apocalyptic. Apocalyptic, 
What the club? I said apothecary. <laughs> <laughs> That's a song to for sure. Um, uh, there's apothecary. Apo- no, I can't even pronounce Can it. Can you spell it? Um, apocrypha. Apocrypha okay. is um, books of the Bible that were not intentionally not included in the Bible because they were um, hearsay as opposed to really being the writings of the apostles or Paul or Jesus. And so that's called the Apocrypha. And so when I say apocryphal, I'm saying that there are, uh, I use that to say there's just ideas about Christ that aren't based on what the Bible says, but it's based on on hearsay. So, okay. let, so let's dig in. So one of the cool things is you sent me an article. <clears throat> I did. And the article listed multiple gods. Why don't you explain it, George? So I'm not doing all the talking. Okay. So, like you said, we did. I, I did ask the conversation about, or the question rather, uh, are those things solely Christian, and were there any other gods that have the same story? This is what I found on the internet. We could choose to believe it or not. You know, it's the internet. But uh, in the same way, many ancient Mediterranean societies told tales of gods born to virgins. Some even on December 25th. Before the time of Christ, the archetype of gods rising from the dead is likewise older than Christianity itself. And a common, I'm sorry, an uncomfortable historical fact for many religious people, but not necessarily unforeseeable given the power of human imagination and the long stretch of human history before the common era or Anno Domini AD, if you prefer. In human religions, Gods often die and return to life, sometimes in their old form, sometimes in a new form. Uh, you can read All About Adam and Eve by Richard Golily and Goddess by Dan Barker. They also often came to Earth disguised as mortals, especially in Greek and Hindu myths. Dionys, or Dionys, Dionysus, Dionysus. Dionysus was killed, descended into hell, and was reborn in Zeus's thigh of all places. Greek gods, goddesses, and morals often descended into hell for various reasons and later rejoined the living. Detmer's daughter, Persephone, uh, descended into Hades and returned into the spring. And there's a, a list, a list. I mean, these go on to Egyptian god Osiris died and was resurrected, ascended into heaven. Horus came back from the dead, like many gods related to vegetation. Uh, Adonis worshipped in Babylonia and Syria as early as the 7th century BC, died annually in the fall as, and was resurrected in spring. In Greece, Hercules was mortal but rose into heaven to take place among the gods just before he died. Hindu mythology, Shiva cut off Geshna's head, but Parbati convinced him to bring the god back to life. Uh, there's a bunch of them. I will say... Or just as there's one of the solstice, winter solstice, uh, rebirth of gods. The Saxons believe had a long celebrated feast for Easter, Easterus, the goddess stolen from Germanic people, originally Osterus, on the first full moon of after every spring equinox. That was kind of where Easter started, saved wounded birds by turning them into hares and a hare that continued to lay eggs. So that's kind of where that started. The notion that sacrificing one human being to the gods to benefit or save others in ancient or common belief expressed most horrifically in Mexico and India. 
Uh, sacrificing animals and firstborn children were practices among the ancient Hebrews, but also groups in Australia, China, the Americas, Africa, and Russia. Uh, this was done to atone for sins, nourish the gods, or bribe them for a good harvest, victory in battle, and so on. Oh, interesting. Jews transferred sins into goats, hence the modern term scapegoat. I never knew that. I didn't either. Baptism by water, spit, or blood was thought by the ancients to wash away evil spirits, guilt, and sin, and has taken place in many societies. The Romans would huddle under a platform and would be born again for eternity, and they would have a bull on top of them, and the blood would rain down. Okay, and then finally, while many Christians believe the Trinity, God, Christ, and the Holy Spirit has separate entities, yet one, to be unique, this is not so. The idea of multiple gods in one predates Christianity. Hindu sculptures such like Vedas, V-E-D-A-S, the early Apanshan, I'm definitely spelling and saying that wrong, and the other Bhagavad Gita, Bhagavad Gita, I know I'm saying that wrong. I've heard that word before. I think Adida. Like almost every word in this you mispronounced right. Oh, I'm not here for being a scholar. I, and uh, I don't want to. Written <laughs> I long don't before correct. the time of Christ established, Braham has the ultimate spirit made up of the souls of many Hindu gods as well as other living things. All the Hindu deities are expressions, extensions of the one supreme being, a godhead, not of three, but of countless deities. So to answer your question, yes. There have been gods that have rose from the dead and came back even on the same day as December 15th, December 25th, years and years and years before Christianity. The one thing that I think sets Christianity aside, uh, just from what I was reading, is that none of these gods died for humans or, or the sins of humans as a sacrifice, I don't think. I think they were like killed. One guy said the Greek god was killed. He came back in Zeus. Uh, so maybe that's soul of your guys is i don't know is that fair to say um so i thought the article was interesting but it was all stuff that that i had heard before and it's all stuff that um because there are there's just themes there's 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 just themes the whole idea of atonement for sin um over the centuries thousands of years people i think did not you know did not feel good about their sin and was trying to find trying to establish a relationship with God by sacrificing animals, you know, putting the sin into the goat and killing the goat, making blood offerings, all of this stuff. You know, the Jews did this for centuries, thousands of years. Well, everyone has. Yes. So they've, they've made these sacrifices to God. And the unique thing about Christianity is Jesus says, I'm going to be the, the one sacrifice once and for all so that you can have forgiveness. That's what it is to accept Christ, is to accept the once and for all for all eternity, forgiveness of Christ, a sacrifice that, that Jesus made that wiped me clean, and I don't have to worry about my salvation. Uh, up until that time, even the Jews were thinking, gosh, did I, did I, did I sacrifice enough? Did I give a, a good offering? And, um, and, and, you know, so, you know, do I have eternal life? Do I have forgiveness? Did I sacrifice enough? Was my sacrifice accepted? And the thing that sets Christianity apart is Jesus says, hey, I'm 100% I'm man, and I'm 100% God. I existed in human form, and I laid down my life uh, to pay the price for mankind's sin. And those that believe in Jesus 
and trust in him can have the forgiveness of their sins. Right. And so I and 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 I'm not disputing that there are um, universals. I think there are universal themes uh, in multiple cultures all over the planet, and those are of atonement, those of trying to have a relationship with God through blood sacrifice. How do you explain the dates being born of a virgin, like all these through lines through all these different religions? If there's so the thing with Christianity is you believe your God is right. So if let's say I hear this story about this guy who was born of a virgin on December 25th, and then years later I find out, oh man, thousands of years before that, there was this other people telling the exact same story, but that's bull. That, that doesn't make sense. My virgin and my a resurrection that makes sense actually like how, how do you say yours is right but theirs isn't when it's pretty much the same story other than the dying for your sins part okay well that's fascinating and somebody that does a little bit of research and i mean just a little bit of research um for instance looking at all of these different deities krishna Horus, the Egyptian god, born on December 25th, that had 12, all this stuff. Right. If you oh, look, he also had 12 disciples? Yes. And <laughs> if you look, I mean, way back in the day when I was a new Christian, and I remember in college studying, I, I studied multiple religions, and there are some universal themes. You know, in, in, in that era, there were things known as wine offerings, or, you know, you would pour out some of your wine into the dirt, uh, for your dead homies, yeah, <laughs> you know, um, and one of the one of the interesting things about every single one of those deities named in that article was that every single one there is not a secular and Christian consensus on whether they actually existed in the flesh. Every single one of those are mythological beings, and I, if you look at um, there is a scholarly consensus among secular and Christian scholars through the thousands of years that Christ existed in human form. You know, even non-Christian scholars and historians in the time said that there was this guy named Jesus who existed in human form, that he had 12 disciples, that he died, that, um, and even the non-Christian scholars of the time said his disciples claimed that Jesus rose from the dead. And and so there are, of course, there's also Christian scholars, followers of Christ that have documented that. But every one, every one of the um, people mentioned in the article are mythical. They, they never existed as, you know, like Zeus. I don't believe Zeus existed in human form. I don't believe Osiris existed in human form. These are mythical gods. And you and I have talked about mankind inventing gods to meet their needs or to make them feel well, the better. The George Santiana quote. Well, to make themselves feel better about themselves or to make sense of to the serve world. Serve their own human purpose in their likeness. And I, and I believe, and I studied that in college. You know, I studied world religions in college. I studied, you know, I, I read you know, the Iliad and the Odyssey that talks about these gods and these warriors, and it's fascinating. And you can see these universal themes, but they are mythical 
inventions. They are creations of man as opposed to Jesus that existed in flesh and blood. Sure. I, and, I, I, I get what you're saying. I, I totally do. It's, it's, it's making me think of certain things, though, because you're just saying because Jesus actually walked the earth, that the rest of it has to be true. Well, Paul Bunyan walked the earth. Johnny Appleseed walked the earth. George Washington walked the earth. He didn't really chop down a cherry tree. There's a lot of things that people walk the earth that these mythical hold, hold stories. Hold it back up, back up, back up. George Washington didn't chop down a cherry no, tree. No, I, I don't. I think that's like a whole made-up story too. Seriously. <laughs> I, oh, I totally agree. Yeah, I, yeah, I just there's found a, out he a, didn't wear. He didn't have wooden dentures. Yeah, he used to keep the slaves. That was a life changer See? for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All this stuff. And that's so, what I'm saying. That's my whole point too. My whole point is there's all this apocrypha, all this hearsay, all this stuff. So why a, is your hearsay any better than any, all the other hearsay? And a great question. Scholarly consensus, non-Christians and Christians that uh, that come together and say this is the facts about the life of Christ. Okay, um, as far as miracles, hundreds of years later, the books that were in the Bible that were written. Well, most of them were written by one dude who wasn't even there and didn't even know the other disciples. Uh, and a lot of the books were written years and years and years and later. Dude, do you remember what we served five five uh, jobs ago? I barely remember getting exactly. up this morning. So how are we going to hold these things that these people wrote about these events as sacred text as, as I'm going to live my life according to this thing that mm -hmm. this guy wrote down about this experience that one, he wasn't even there Two, he's going off what a bunch of people told him. It's like a, a UFO sighting. It's like uh, these people saw these things in Brazil. They're getting all these evidence together. And pretty soon the story becomes the story. Does that make sense? The story is just, it being retold and retold and retold again. And you're just going off of the last time you told the story. And then finally this guy goes, Hey man, what's up, Paul? You were at Jesus's thing the other day, right? Or like last year, why don't you tell me about it? Mm -hmm. And then now that's a book in the Bible that people are basing their whole life on it, the, your whole belief system. on. Mm -hmm. I'm just, it, it, it begs the, the, the question is like, can't Christians just, objectively look at the possibility that some of these things in the Bible aren't accurate? My question to you is... So it's the no, then that answer doesn't get a question? No, that I'm, question doesn't get answered? No, I'm answering your question. Okay. My question. question to you is, why can't you look at it objectively? Because you have such a profound bias against Christianity, and you've told me that your whole life you have spent, um, or several decades of your life, You've really been anti-Christian. And what we do is we do confirmation bias, is we uh, have a worldview. We find things in our uh, perception, articles that we read. We're looking for stuff that supports what we already believe. And if somebody's an anti, uh, you know, like, for instance, the article that you found, that supports your preconceived ideas about Christianity. I don't think that's fair to say. I just asked if there were other gods that were rose from the dead. Well, I think that why you you didn't find an article that said here are the ten reasons why Jesus rose from the dead. I didn't look that up. That wasn't the question. The question was, are there any other gods that rose from the dead? Not are there any other gods that rose from the dead that can prove God was wrong? No, I just think we have 
I think we have a I bias. And, and would you admit that you have a bias against, that you've had a bias against Christianity? I, I 100% agree with you that I have had a bias. Within my later years, probably within the last eight, within turning 40, there's been a shift in my way of thinking where I'm not even saying I, I believe or that, but I'm more open to other people's opinion, not just about religion, but about anything. I've learned that going through life thinking I have the best opinion about things is a hard way to go through life and it makes things harder. And that may overflow into religious topics. It may overflow into political topics. It may overflow into sports. I would have never watched golf before. But now if someone tells me I can empathize with them and say, oh, this, this guy likes that about golf, maybe I can put myself in his shoes. Mm-hmm. Becoming a certain age, you get a certain amount of empathy, whether you want it or not. Because now you've been on this earth cohabitating with all these other people. And it, it goes from my opinion is right, my views are right, to here are my views. Man, what are your views? Let's put them together. So, yes, to be fair. A lot of my knowledge I have was about religion was under the uh, guise of trying to prove it wrong because it was shoved down my throat because I was made to basically go and sit there like I'm in jail or something and asked to be if I can get up, ask if I can use a restroom. Can I do it? It was very structured. So absolutely 100%. I come from a background of having a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. So I do agree at that point, but at the point now, I just want to know the truth. It's not that I'm asking questions to prove something wrong or to prove something right. It's more to ask a question to learn. I want to learn what is right. And I have yet to learn something, anything, no matter who it is, conversations with you, conversations with Jason, conversations, any other human being that I respect their opinion about basically everything. I have yet to heard convincing evidence that God is real other than, Oh, I have a feeling he touched me in a, a certain way. He, he blessed me. Well, that's not me. I haven't been blessed and I have asked. Uh, and like you said, let's just c- crack open this nut. Like you said, we did a prayer the other day. Uh, I was very down. My, my marriage isn't going very good right now. My life isn't the best that I thought it would be at this point. Uh, I'm going through some rough stuff. And yeah, man, I was caught in a moment of shit, tears, man, emotional, like pain. And I, to be honest, I felt kind of pressured into this situation, but at the same time, you're almost thinking like, what the heck, what could it hurt? Yeah. And that's not a bad place to be, George. It feels like a fake place to be. It feels like, you know what it is? You know what it feels like? It feels like the guy in court who takes an oath to tell the truth and nothing but the truth with his toes crossed. I think people... Does that make have, sense? Yes, and I hear okay. it. But you know what, George? I think our God is big enough God that we can we can take the oath with our toes crossed and, not <laughs> and that that's a first step. I think that that's a first step towards a relationship with God and with Jesus. Sure. And, and I've seen people that have... Look, when I accepted the Christ, accepted Christ, I raised my hand at a Bible study. You know, they gave the invitation. And I thought, you know, I want forgiveness for my sins. I raised my hand. Then they said, okay, if you raised your hand, and I'm in junior high. They said, if you raise your hand, then come over here. 
and talk with us. I was too chicken to stand up and go over there and talk with them. Right. I was like, uh, you know, and, and, and the classic thing is, Ooh, I don't think it really took. You know? <laughs> that is the classic thing that's working. <laughs> well, no, that the classic thing is, I don't know if it really took, I don't know if I'm really saved because right, right, right. I don't feel like it. That's funny. All I did was raise my hand at a thing. Am I really a Christian? But it was a first step in a relationship with God. And I think it's, it's essentially saying, okay, God, okay, Jesus, if you're real, get to work on me and help me know you. And it, it's like introducing yourself to somebody. And you're not going to know everything about that friend when you first meet him. It's going to take conversations. It's going to take spending time together to really establish that relationship. And that's how it is being a Christian. And, and one of the most fascinating things and the, most, the fun thing is to, is to research Christianity, is to look at it and, uh, you know, read books, watch YouTube videos, hear pastors, and, and find out for yourself. Because as a new Christian, people would ask, and I was an outspoken Christian. Because I was like, yeah, I love Jesus, you know, you know, starting in junior high. And then, you know, I got involved in a Bible study when I was a sophomore in high school. And I was open about my faith. I decided I don't care who knows I'm a Christian. I'm going to let go of my reputation. And it's going to be Chip the Christian. And people, I remember people, you know, I worked at a clothing store. They would ask me, well, what about this? What about that? What clothing store? No, it's those. Um, no, I was not that cool. Uh, I worked at Harrison Frank. We sold leisure, lime green leisure suits. I'm not kidding. Only just lime green? Well, we had a whole plethora oh, okay. of colors. How funny it'd be a store of clothing just one color. Oh, I <laughs> wish I wish for I wish I had a picture of what I was wearing. Lime I was, green. Well, I was selling a lime green, but I digress. But the bottom line is, is people would ask me questions about my faith, and I would go and I would research it, and and find out for myself. And so now, decades later. I have a relationship with Jesus that's based on decades of answered prayer, that's based on decades of conversation, that's based on me digging in and finding out for myself. I don't want to take anybody else's word for it. No, I've got to figure it out. This is this has an eternal impact. I want to figure out what I believe. I want to figure out why I'm trusting Jesus instead of, you know, Krishna. I want to find out because let me tell you, at the time of Christ, there were people saying, I'm God. You know, there were people saying, if you want to get to heaven, you know, give me your 20 bucks and you're forgiven. Uh, that's going on today, multiple times. You know, people saying, people saying, hey, I'm God. Look, there's churches. You can go to a church and they will tell you whatever you want to believe. Um, whatever lifestyle you want to adopt, they'll say, okay, that's fine. Um, you're part of our church. And so we have to have what is called discernment. We have to have, we have to be able to look at, um, you know, what they're believing and know the real thing. I heard an illustration, it's a classic and a corny one, but about the guy that worked for the FBI and one of his jobs was he had to um, determine the difference between real money and fake money because there was counterfeit. so counterfeit, thank you. There was so much fake money out there. You know, and the right. way and the only way to tell the difference for him the, between the real money and the fake money was he got to know the real money really well. He knew how it felt in his hand. He knew how it, it sounded. He knew what it looked like and smelled like. So when he encountered the fake thing, right, he could tell. And, and I think the same way with Jesus. I want to know Jesus so well. I want to have a relationship with him that when a fake 
something fake comes along, I know, hey, you're not Jesus, or hey, that's not true. Like if somebody comes up to me and says, well, um, you know, Jesus is over, you know, <laughs> Jesus is in Foothill Ranch at the food court, at the food court eating pho or pho. Um, standing go, on the fountain. Standing on the fountain. I, and believe me, I've, I've, I've known people, you know, I volunteer with the mental health ministry here in Saddleback. I've known people that are convinced they're Jesus, you know. So we need to know the real thing so that when a counterfeit comes along or when a counterfeit preacher comes along, there's, there's preachers that are going to come along that will say all different kinds of things about Jesus. So, so today there's a lot of counterfeits out there. And, you know, there are, honestly, there are, there, there's cults, there's people that want to, you know, if you have sex with me, you know, then you're going to have eternal salvation. Oh, every cult ends with sex. What's it, Not everyone? No, I said every cult, you always hear, like, ends up, the leader ends up sleeping with everybody. Or, or drinking the Kool-Aid or whatever, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and so that's, we need to think for ourselves. I don't want you or anybody to just buy into something without researching it for yourself and 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 making it real to you and have and knowing jesus so that when something fake comes along you can discern the difference so one could make the argument then that whether i'm reading books that i'm choosing or not i'm still researching I'm, all those times you said i was reading books to despite religion and you know to argue i'm still reading I'm still researching. I might not be researching in the same vein that you are, but I'm still gathering knowledge and knowing that those books later on, I can admit, I'm sure they had some type of bias, but I still have that opinion to go off of, just like I have the opinion of somebody who is pro-Jesus, like me reading Rick Warren's book. So now I have an anti and a pro, and I can form my own religion. Or your own, I mean, my own, I'm sorry, my own uh, uh, opinion. Yes, and, and that's really what it is to follow Christ. And, and I, like I said, I've studied multiple religions in college. I had world religions class, so we studied Mormonism. We studied um, Latter-day Saints. We studied, um, you know, all different kinds of religions. I don't think, though, you... <sighs> and, and even today... Um, you know, like Hinduism, Buddhism, all of that. And it's great to, I think it's a great thing to study that. But here's my question. You know, Buddhism is the one that ism that like I was the closest to calling myself, like the closest to labeling myself just because it was more about you finding nirvana and shedding away the seven steps to get there. And it, it wasn't about giving an offering. It wasn't about asking for forgiveness. It wasn't about me having to worship a God. It was more about you finding peace within you. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's more appealing than any other thing. That's more appealing than what happens after I die. That's more appealing. I would rather be happy on earth. It's just when you've been through hard shit, or when you've been through hard stuff, that's just what you look for. Man, I was at O'Neill Park for the past three days. I'm not even joking you, man. I, you look at things when... You've been in a cage and you look at freedom, it just looks different. Yeah. You look at it through different lenses. Oh, yeah. You look at it through a different view that other people that haven't been in that situation can't comprehend. And it's the same way, I think, with religion, man. When you've had a bad experience with it, 
when you've been lied to about it, mm -hmm. when you can see the lies everywhere and throughout history, I, you, I can't think of one good thing Christianity has done as a whole with wars. And, and I get Saddleback does good with, and churches do good. But Christianity itself, I can't see what it's done positive. George, you are profoundly, profoundly then enlighten me. Isn't I, that what this I, is about? Don't put me down. I'm not. D I'm just telling just I'm stating me. a fact. Okay. I'm stating a fact. Um, that you think Christianity has oh, done amazing things for the world. Oh, yes. It hasn't caused strife or wars or battles or anything. Oh, it has done amazing things for the world. I've And, and I've, uh, I've been to Africa. But no bad things. I've been to, oh, I think anything that a human being is involved in, there's going to be bad things. So I'm not saying Christianity... Is one hundred, you know, has done one hundred percent good things. Look, there's always, as, as long as a human being is involved in it, it's going to be flawed. But I look at, you know, every, every almost, you know, thousands of hospitals have been founded uh, by by Christians, by churches. So not almost, not almost, hospitals. almost every major educational institution in the United States was founded to train pastors. I went to Harvard. That was that was founded by pastors to train pastors um and i went you know they were all that. yep it was and so there's a lot of things uh, there's a lot of misconceptions about christianity <laughs> and a lot people, of harvard good uh, out there well a lot of people that didn't <laughs> national lampoons a lot of people uh, they choose to believe you know there's a lot of there's a lot of enemies of christ and I think there's people that want to, I think there's evil that wants to keep people from knowing Jesus and they will spread lies and this, and, and uh, things that just aren't true about the church, about Christianity. And I've, I've heard it all, you know, all the crusades and all oh, the Christians killed and enslaved people or whatever. And, but it's good to really actually research it and not just take somebody's word for it. And so many people are so eager to bash Christianity and so eager to say, oh, Christianity is the worst thing that happened to humanity. But when you look at, when you really look at it, there is profound good that God has done through his church and his people. It's just people helping other people. And yeah, but you don't need the church to do that. You can help people without religion. That whole, whole different issue. Whole different issue. The issue is you saying that church is bad. Um, no, no, no. I said they've done bad things. Of course. Well, of, of course, just look, I mean, there are priests, there are pastors that have done bad things because they are human beings. As long as there's a human, you know, God chooses to use flawed people because that's all there is. And if you look, <laughs> if you look at the Fair Bible, enough, point. if you look at the Bible, the biggest leaders in the Bible were people that were profoundly broken. You know, Moses was a murderer. You know, was he? Yes. Who did he murder? He murdered. Um, he murdered. He saw two people fighting. See, this is what my whole point, George. Read the Bible. Okay, number one. Number well, how two, come that's not a popular story? How come it, it's all cherry picked and he was all like, all the good things about Moses and his God rod? You know what I mean? That's why you how need to read it hear? yourself. Like, no, 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 for instance, no, no, no. Paul, why are we really being told the good stuff about Moses? Why aren't any of the murdering stories ain't out popular too? That's not my fault. It's not, nah. it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's, it's not because they just let us know what they want to know. They only no. want to let us know the good stuff. So then that's why you got to dive in and look for yourself. Paul was a murderer. Paul talks about it. 
okay. the guy that wrote most of the New Testament was a murderer. He was an arrogant Pharisee. He was somebody that Jesus said, you are a whitewashed wall. You look nice on the outside, but inside you are rotten. And this is a guy that God chose to write most of the New Testament. That's amazing. Okay. And I can think did of Paul know God or Jesus. Uh, did he actually meet him? I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. Just, yeah. And, um, but that doesn't negate, you know, we can go back to that whole argument. Do you want somebody writing your autobiography that never met you? Um, of course, most of the best autobiographies were written by somebody that never met somebody. What? And, oh, yeah. Here's, here's the thing, too, George. How about a guy comes along with me, hangs out with me for a week or a month, that he writes my autobiography? Okay. But here's Wouldn't the thing. Be the better? Here, here's the thing. This is uh, to really look at it from a scholarly standpoint or to really look at, I mean, that's a whole other argument. We can look at writing down, for instance, we sat in the anchored thing. And they talked about all of these issues. Those 20-minute videos we watched, Anchored is a video series for non-Christians and new believers that answers questions that they might have. Alpha. Alpha, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, Anchor? Sorry about that. I love <laughs> that. Like alpha, Alpha. We're on the Anchor app. Anchor. So that, <laughs> it ha and they answer questions um, about Christianity. And, and, and the, the, all the things about, the, you know, who wrote the Bible? Um, did Jesus exist? And it was fascinating and and beautifully beautifully done. And I would be glad to watch those videos with you again, if you're open to sit and listen, and really listen to it rather than dismiss it, uh, rather than uh, like you're dismissing a lot of my ideas. Discount it, because it seems like when every you talk to somebody about what they believe in, they want you to sit down and listen to what they think. But very rarely do you want to listen to what we think. I've listened to what you think. <laughs> and I and I think I've listened. I've read your articles that you send me okay. um, on how, you know, uh, so I've read your articles and I've researched your articles and I've come up with my research and I've shared that with you. Okay. 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 Uh, my, here's my question and here's my hope. Here's my hope for every anti-Christian article that you send me. Send me one. It's that, not that, an anti. It wasn't anti. You can't give me that label, man. When it was the question was, are there any other gods that rose after they're dead? That was a question. Mm -hmm. It wasn't being mean. It wasn't anti anything. And that's that's real. Okay. It, you you so, can't give me that label. So any, um, uh, so I'm saying find a, find an article that talks about why Jesus is God. It's funny you say that because I've been asking Chat GPT actually some stuff. And I asked him, prove God exists. And he gave me an answer saying, uh, which is funny, because he gave me the same exact answer for saying God doesn't exist. He said, as an AI language model, I cannot provide personal opinions or beliefs. However, it is important to note that the existence of God is a matter of personal belief and faith and cannot be proven or disproven through empirical evidence or scientific means. Different individuals may have different beliefs and perspectives on this topic. Um, first of all, <laughs> what? We're, we're in trouble when we're asking a computer program to tell us about 
God. Well, it's only drawing from human information. It's not making up these things. It's searching all the internet for human written things. Yes. And then getting that information of that for its answer, right? Uh, yes. But I think I think a better way to go about it would be to, uh, first of all, I believe that both empirical or subjective and objective evidence exists for God. But not empirical? Oh, of course empirical. Which is? <laughs> I think um, empirical evidence would be uh, prophecies in Isaiah that come true, um, that where the book of Isaiah talks about the existence of a Savior and lists all the things that Jesus will have, the Messiah will have. And then that, and then those things came to be historically about Christ. I did, there's so many books on this, George, about empirical evidence of the existence of Christ, on the empirical evidence of God. Those are great to dive into. So let's dive into that. But the point, and I see you're trying to get, say that if we're asking chat GPT, questions like that then we're in trouble I, I saw that that's what kind of where you were going right i i just think but my my point in saying I, that i'm not though, gonna take that it's word for it i i get that and neither am i but knowing we were going to do a podcast and just to tell you that i'm not just anti i asked it to prove it and disprove it i wanted to get both sides of the coin i'm trying to be fair and objective so for you to say that oh you're only looking up things that fit your narrative no i asked it both questions i asked a question chip would ask and i asked a question george would ask because i'm trying to be fair in this conversation between two adults whether you believe in christ and i don't or whether you are christian and i'm not i still want to give you the respect that you deserve as my friend and as somebody that i like to talk to so i did ask it both questions so for you to just think i'm always looking for the negative that's not a fair assessment of my, my the way I'm walking through your and my relationship. Is that fair? I think you've already told me that you have, uh, you've, you've, for years you've had, um, you've were hurt by by being forced to go to church. Yeah, and that that's that's changed your your view towards Christianity. Absolutely, and I understand that. I'm and not that, that kid anymore, though. Okay, that's a good thing. So, and I so I think that's a good thing, and I think I think it's good for all of us to look at. Are biased to realize this yeah. is how I see the world, and I believe me. Totally, I, I, I have, I have to, I have to check myself. I love to find out why people believe what they believe, uh, because some of the most fascinating people um, are people that believe differently than I do, and I want to find out why. Have you had any really, really close friends that are just so anti-Christian? It's like hard for you to be their friend. Um. Or all your friends Christian? No, I have my secret is <laughs> some of my some of the people I spend time with regularly. I wouldn't call them followers of Christ. Why, why do you spend time with them? Um, because, Are we on the wrong podcast for that? Or? No, I just because they're. Um, I, I love their opinion. I like their viewpoint. Okay. Uh, and But I don't think, I wouldn't call them, they, they're not like um, evangelical, born-again Christian. Right. Um, do you try to make them be? Or do I, you, uh, what do they call that? Uh, evangelize? No. Uh, Convert? Not, not preach, but, uh, man, what's the word you, you guys use for... Uh, just telling somebody, do you testimony or, t uh, 
Is that right? You give them testimony or what is that? We're just friends. I know, but there's a certain word Christians we're, use we're, for talk, telling people about. We're just friends. God, look, I can't change anybody. I can't change you. I can't. You're doing your best. I can't, I, I can't change you. Only God can change you. And you're and somebody, and I want to go. Hey, your battle's not with me. It's with God. God is pursuing you. God is calling you to Him. He might use me. Right. But God is the one that's reaching out to you, George. And it has continually. Do you think somebody out, out there that just God just doesn't want? God's like, ah, oh, let that dude, let, let her stay down there. No, or is that just? <laughs> I think God. I think God wants all of his creation to be with him and i think that we all have the choice to uh accept 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 the forgiveness of christ and live with him eternally god wants to bless all of us i could and circling back on a bunch of things that you said you said you want to live a really good life now that's where jesus comes in you said you don't want to live live a really good life when you die and you know and have salvation and be in heaven you know no jesus came in his his very words says i came that you might have life and have it abundantly now in this world god wants to make your life better now in this world he wants you to have better relationships he wants you to have peace of mind he wants you to have joy he wants you to, your life to be an adventure and that's what following christ is uh that is what knowing christ is it's not it's not joy somewhere off in the distance it's not it's not one of these days, you know, everything's going to make sense to me. It's, no, having a fulfilled, adventure, joyous life now. I mean, it sounds great. Yeah. And and that comes from following Christ. And and it's, it might be counterintuitive. Following Jesus is different than what we some people are used to. They're used to doing it their own way. I, I said one time to you, how's that working for you? Yeah. You know? People live, they be, they're God in their own life. They make their, they decide what they're going to do. Hey, I'm going to do whatever. I'm going to, you know, my idea of a fun night is getting stoned or drunk or committing a crime. You know, this is going to be really fun. And, and it does, it's, you know, that's, it, and they wonder why their life doesn't work. You know, right. They're wondering why, and it's because they, they're doing stuff that they learn from their parents. They're doing stuff that they, you know, it's it's just that everyone they've ever known, maybe in their life, that's the, uh, their idea of a good time was, hey, let's go get, it, let's go have sex and get drunk, whatever. Yeah, yeah, no, our and, examples are a huge part of who we are. Yeah, and so I I want to say, hey, let's try something different. You know, we've been doing Fair that. Enough. We've been, I just we've been doing that stuff. You know, let's let's follow Christ. Jesus said, "I came that you might have life and have it abundantly." He invented all that stuff, and he says, "If you want to have an abundant life." Do it my way, because not only I invented you, God it created you. I believe He created me, and all the bad. He created us, and He uh, is the number one, the only one that knows what's really going to satisfy us. Number one, and number two, the only one who can. And I think we look at our lives. We think, if I only get this job, if I only get that girl, if I only get a divorce, if I only whatever then my life is going to be better the grass is always greener and people spend their whole lives thinking you know if i only get that mercedes benz or if i only get you don't 18 think inch it's biceps possible to be happy without god no i think people, uh, no i do not i believe that the fulfillment can only i think that god created us 
I think our, I think you can have a degree of happiness. I think you can feel like hey, everything's great, but I think joy and peace can only come from knowing who created you. I believe that we're all created. I think the, 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 we don't even know what's going to make us happy. We're, you know, the deep down in our heart, I just think that people are searching for things to give them joy and peace, and they're coming up empty. And the only, our only hope is, is a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And, and, um, and I've seen people after people that think they're happy, you know, that really aren't, you know, I think that, I think, I think, you know, being connected with who made you coming home. And that's really kind of what, that's really what it is. It's coming home. It's embracing your father. And God loves us, and He wants us to have joyful lives. He wants us to have peace. He doesn't want us to make bad choices and pay the consequences. And, you know, that's why He sent a son so that we can be forgiven for everything we've ever done, everything that we're going to do. We've already received an A plus on this exam. And now we can live in freedom. Now we can live a life of God, thank you, God, thank you. Use me, use me to help other people. So. Okay. I mean, I hear you. I uh, I don't know uh, how to end this podcast, but it sounds like a good spot. <laughs> Are you just agreeing with me because you want to end the podcast? No, I just, honestly, I just, I think each podcast has ended with that same path. We, you got an AA plus on everything. God, I, I just, I feel like it's just the same thing. I'm, I've heard years after years after years after years after years, you know, mm-hmm. like, you're right. I was raised in Christianity. And the funny thing is, I did t- say that prayer. Yeah. I did accept Jesus to come in my life and wash over my sins and yeah. please forgive me. But I was like eight. Yeah. I didn't even know what I was doing. That's right. I didn't even, couldn't even rationalize yep. the afterlife really yet. Yep. So does that make that prayer any less that I said it then and without knowing what I was really getting into? Or the words, just the words. All you got to do is say the words, right? No, I don't think it's like a key, like you say, like it's a password into eternity. So it like, does matter your uh, mental capacity and your your understanding of the words that you're saying. Mm. Whole other discussion, but in a nutshell, okay. I'm what, just saying what, what I will say. You had to change the words for our prayer to fit my situation. So I'm wondering, does that am I going to have to re up? And change the words if I choose to become Christian, or is that good enough? I think one of seven good enough. I think you're already a Christian. I think you accepted that. I just even if I don't, I think that you're not necessarily walking with the Lord. Uh, Uh, You're a cheese fan, whether you want to admit. (laughs) (laughs) So, but here's bottom line. Here's bottom line. I mean, that's a whole thing. What What is it to accept Christ? I think an eight year old that says, "I want to accept forgiveness of my sins." I think they're saved, and I think that they take all their, their 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 understanding of God, and their understanding of themselves, and they 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 meet Jesus. And I think that is valid. I think a four year old, you know, five year old okay. can can come to know Christ. And the reality is, is knowing Christ is a day by day thing. I every day, I I you were talking about re upping. I I re up every day. Every day I have to go. God, show me you. You know. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I don't think I lose my salvation, but I believe that once we invite Christ into our lives, I think He's there, even if we don't feel like it. 
And I think there's people that walk away from Christ that make poor decisions. But I think that, that Jesus is there and he's at work. And I think that's what I think that, that I kind of look at myself and I think that God's at work in my life, whether I feel like it or not. Sometimes he's working more powerfully when I when I don't feel like he's there. So um, so that's kind of scoop. Um, okay. So I think as I think, you know, when you, when you as an eight year old said, Jesus, come into my life, I think he said, OK. Uh, and I think a lot of times we let Jesus into the foyer, you know. But, you know, there's all well, it's a romantic things. idea, man. Just like aliens. Like, I want to believe in all of it. The, the fact that uh, uh, entity created all of this. He has, that's a romantic story. It's a romantic story that Zeus was on a cloud. And, like, these are all fantastical, awesome things that would be so cool if they were true. Yeah. It would be, you know how awesome it would be to look out and see somebody walking on water? Yeah. You'd just be like, what? Like, that's insane. That's crazy. Look at, oh, man. That's right. These, they're all like, to say that you don't want to believe, that is why you're searching because you want to believe. Mm -hmm. I, I, I watch alien stuff because, dude, I just want her to be out there so bad. Mm -hmm. There's a, there's, it has to be a little morsel of truth in the fact of somebody researching Christianity on the wrong side of Christianity fence because they kind of want it to be true. Okay. The, you know, like it, it would make life so much easier if there was a finality, a, 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 a actual answer to why are we here? Yeah. Where are we going? Yeah. That would be such a load off every human's shoulders. Yeah. So it's not so much. I, I don't want to be Christian. It would make life so much easier if I was. Yeah. It's just, there's hurdles, man. There's mental hurdles about certain things that they believe I just can't jump over. I can't jump over the water wine. I can't jump over the resurrection. I can't jump over the uh, feeding the multitudes. I can't jump over the curing lepers, making the blind see again. It's just so outside of everything as a human being I know. It makes it really, really hard to follow that line uh, and to have faith in that because it goes against everything I've ever seen in my whole 48 years on this earth. That's I've, right. I've never seen anything like that. So we could have, this is, let's save it for the next conversation. Sure. I just don't but, like being labeled as the anti, especially lives later in my life. I did tell you that throughout the years. Yeah, man, my uncle Greg was trying to get me. I needed fuel. I needed ammo. But I don't think that's a fair assessment of who I am now. What, if, what do you want? What, how do you want to be assessed? Somebody's just asking questions. Asking questions. Okay. Yeah, man. I'm not asking the computer questions to make anyone look bad. I'm asking questions to find out for myself and find out knowledge. And, okay. And for my kid. Honestly, I would love to have more answers for her. Yeah. So I, 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 I don't think being the outsider is being the anti we're on the inside out podcast you know what i mean being the outsider i don't think that makes me the anti-religious guy okay you so know? my challenge to you is read articles yeah. on both sides of the fence for sure and and read what jesus actually said and you know study you know even that's hard because what i'm being told jesus said was written by a guy who wasn't there that that's a whole other discussion, mm -hmm. and, and th there's an answer for that. Okay, I'm and, just saying and, that's and what an, that is. It's an amazing answer, and it's it's a very straightforward answer. Well, maybe we can get Andy on here to uh, 
set the record straight. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we, we need guests. We need guests. This has been like almost an hour. Good. So, but great discussion, George. It was. This was my favorite episode. Really? Yeah. Okay. Was, I think it was the most honest. <laughs> okay. I do. Okay. Um, I love questions, and I love bringing it on, and I because I don't think I, I know that Christianity doesn't collapse when we ask hard questions. Right. People have been doing that for right, 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 for thousands of years, hours. and there's three three billion people on the on the planet that follow Christ. So, be unoffendable. Be unoffendable. I'm telling you, man, I'm adopting that. Okay. I'm trying to. Chip gave me that little word of wisdom. That is a that's a biblical concept. Anyway, hey, oh, this okay. has been Inside <laughs> Out <laughs> with Chip and George. Thanks for listening. Later.